Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to this week's Red Voices. Thanks for joining myself, you and Leonard, and Richard Can to look at United's meetings with Stoke City and Basel. First up, it's Stoke. It's Saturday night, and United had to settle for a 2-2 draw. Rich, what did you make of it all? Well, this time last year after the international break, we had the rather heinous wake-up call of essentially getting sliced and diced by City for a portion of that game anyway, and, and things really went downhill from, from there. I think that we got another reality check of sorts today. Obviously nothing on that on that scale. And there, there are clear areas that we need to, to improve in. And, you know, we, we can see the two goals from individual mistakes, which I'm sure we'll talk about later as well, from players. And, it, you know, nobody really got above sort of 70% of what we've seen in the last few weeks. Stoke's a terribly hard place to go, and particularly for United, we've seen we've had some pretty rotten performances there in recent years. And I think Michael Owen said after the game that he can clearly see that United are significantly better team than last season and I think that was apparent because we're, we're so much more dangerous but today was an off day and we just have to hope it was a single off day as opposed to um, being the, the start of a run that we experienced last year. For sure yeah and I think the, the comparison to the City game is pertinent because that was it was a big shock to the system when we lost the City last season and that started a, an awkward run of form and we didn't necessarily gather ourselves back from that semi-confident start that we made last year so you know, I think there's a couple of ways of looking at it. it. It's positive that despite falling behind in the way that we did, which was through defensive lapses, as there were several of which this afternoon, we came back really, really quickly. And I think that we showed in spurts today that we are still a good attacking unit and we are still finding our feet in terms of how best to apply ourselves and how best to attack this season. But then again, you know, the the flip side of that is that we switched off on several occasions we looked quite easy to attack far too often and it's difficult to really take that result away from Stoke I'm not necessarily sure we did enough to win so obviously it's frustrating to have given up that 100% start to the season you know the lead this round of games is most likely going to end of us top of the table so that's great and we go into Basel with a 2-2 draw on our backs and hopefully a couple of days for the players to readjust to coming back to Manchester because you mentioned the uh, the international break there Mourinho was also sort of mentioning that he just got his players back after you know that two-week international break and you do lose a little bit of momentum when that happens but at the same time you know it's up to United to deal with that this is not a new thing and Stoke really weren't in much of a mood to make it easy for us today they really were they no I, I think when you've got a manager who prepares for games as forensically as Mourinho does. I mean that you can see that in in the way the team often sets up. And whilst last season he wasn't always able to execute what he what he'd asked, you could see that he took. A, you could see that the way we approached each game was different and clearly tailored to the opponent. And the impression I got today, and fingers crossed, what I think possibly one of the biggest problems was that as as you said, we had players coming back very late, and he just didn't have the opportunity to apply that level of that level of detail and that level of coaching to the players before we played this game. And it's, I mean, it's a ter- terribly difficult fixture as it is, but I think tactically we weren't set up perfectly and it just looked all off the cuff as opposed to the sort of really well-oiled machine that we've looked in the first three games. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I'd, I'd be inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt because it just it just looked like we the players didn't quite know as much what they were supposed to be doing and how they should be setting up. And the move from from the four two three one system to the four three three really didn't work as we hoped it would. It didn't make us look any 
more capable defensively. I think that was the worry, wasn't it? No, I wouldn't say United were everything in control of that game. I mean, I don't think Stoke were either, but it was it was quite helter skelter, wasn't it? There was you could have seen either side winning that game in the last 20 25 minutes there was never any element of control and that was quite a surprise for us having seen united basically largely dominate our first three league games but you know you know stoke is the sort of place where you're going to go and it's going to be very up and at you they're going to come at you there's, there's a big atmosphere particularly when they play united and i i think it was just a combination of timing and i think a few too many players had off days today which can happen if it'd been two or three players who'd had bad days then you you, you might think well that's just coincidence but the way that nobody seemed to be 100% prepared suggests to me that it was more an issue of preparation as opposed to just random random poor performances Mm, I mean it wasn't necessarily as you said there we didn't necessarily have absolute control over that game at any point I think as you said it sort of ebbed and flowed and towards the end of the game you know Mourinho was talking after the match of not being satisfied with the point and saying that only really one team are trying to win it towards the end. But I think that kind of does a bit of a disservice to Stoke, who attacked quite well when they were given the opportunity to. And, you know, again, it's difficult to take those goals away from and they preyed on those defensive frailties that they saw. The first goal, no one near due for that cross. Really well drilled in. By he was the, he was principally at fault for that goal in that he basically played Duf on side by dawdling and then didn't get back to to get to cheaper moting. But again, we we were also had a, it was a, an overriding issue of weakness in that left back area as well. Hmm. It was an annoying goal to give away, wasn't it? Because it was just essentially slack. It was just slow, wasn't it? it? For some reason, United not being switched on enough in those sort of moments, and there were a couple of flashes like that during the game, and Shakiri was looking relatively light on occasion where we just didn't really get ourselves together quickly enough. And to be fair, you know, Eric Bailly has been mostly great for us in the last year. This is one of his more erratic performances today. There was a couple of occasions, one in the second half, I very much remember, where we just basically ran out from defence and left us completely all at sea and conceded in a way an attack. You know, there was a couple of occasions like that where he just didn't look quite on it. And that's fair enough. You know, it doesn't have to be brilliant. And Phil Jones hardly covered himself in glory for the second goal. You know, he was so, so easily knocked away for that header. And having seen De Gea make such a brilliant save from Hesse for that great cross and shot, he tipped over the bar so well. And that that goal goes in from the subsequent corner. Obviously a bit frustrating. I mean, speaking of Darmian, actually, there was one moment where he actually blitzed through Stoke. Um, (laughs) One of very many, many terrible set pieces that we saw throughout that game. United's free kick and corner delivery was often just turgid. And I think we at this occasion, we tried to pass it out three separate occasions and lost the ball without even getting a cross in. Mm. Damian managed to win it back and then just ran. I was just thinking, where on earth does this come from? This does not normally happen when he's playing left back. It was very encouraging to see. And it ended up with Lukaku getting uh, slipped through. Played the offside track really well. Jack Butler saves the original shot and then he just blasts home the rebound. You know, again, Lukaku didn't necessarily have the most involved performance of his time at United, but he's showing what he's bought for. He's there to cause problems. His physicality is certainly there, and he reads the game that well that he can play that trap, that he can allow Stoke to give him that room. And then even the fact that he didn't get the original shot off on target, he's there to knock the rebound home. I did a piece for Republican Mancunia last week, which involved me watching all 150 of Ruud van Nistelrooy's goals for his time at United. 
and having watched all 150 of them, many of which were good, I'm not going to lie, basically the whole video is me just going, ah, good grief. You can see a lot of similarities between the way that Rude used to move and the way the Kaku moves, you know. He's not often really involved in the build-up, but he's got an uncanny ability to be in the right place at the right time. And a lot of the finishes that he makes are as a direct result of him knowing where to be and getting himself into decent positions and finishing very well. Now, I wouldn't put the Kaku on Rude's level just yet, but there's definitely similarities in the way that they read the game, that they get myself in position well, and the way they finish. Not necessarily with that last finish from Valencia's cross towards the end, though, which was, that was basically the best chance of the game, up to put the game to bed, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, he should have scored. I know what you mean comparing Lukaku to, to Rude, in that I think they have, you know, the, the penalty box players, really, that's their, their best quality. You know, Rude was on a whole other level of ruthlessness, and I think that's something that, Lukaku's got to learn. He's got he's got a lot to learn. You know, he's already a very very effective centre forward, but he has got an awful lot to learn as well. We've benefited so much from having a, a forward who plays on the shoulder of the of the defenders because it makes teams defend deeper. Well, they either they either defend deeper, which gives our midfield players more space to play, or they keep a high line, which Stoke did today. Which you know, the number of times we got in over the top of the, that back three or back four particularly having Rashford on one side as well. That's what we exploited so much. I think both he and Rashford have to improve their vision of what's around them. There were two or three occasions when we broke through over the top like that and they just didn't seem to have any awareness of where the other was, where, where their teammates were. And you know that, that's clearly a facet he's got to improve. But as you say, you know, he's 24, he's scored an inordinate number of goals. But he's still raw, and just you have to think about the potential if he if he can master those other qualities. You know, there's an absolutely world class striker in there somewhere, and he's got time to do that. Going back to the to the to the Lukaku goal, I don't think we should gloss over the assist from Mikasarian, which is another you know, brilliantly slotted through ball. That's his sixth assist in four games, which is absurd. You know, it's more than more than he got in the entirety of last season, and you saw the difference between him receiving the ball in in a central position and him receiving it where he was essentially marooned on the right for for much of the game which just doesn't doesn't play as well there he's not he's so much more effective in areas where he can he can create um and you know Lukaku's first shot wasn't wasn't the greatest it was a good save but he had the presence and the power and the speed to get to the follow up put it home and i think that will be his his quality is that he gets in so many good positions that even if he misses one or two, he'll still score a goal or two in most games. But going back to that chance, he really had to score that chance. He just tried to hit it too hard. There was a similar one in the Real Madrid Super Cup game mm-hmm. yep. before he scored, where he just hit it too hard. Whereas what he really needed to do there was just guide it back across the keeper. So, you know, on the, on the one hand, he's got, he scored a good goal. But on the other, he you know could have won the game for us. And I think these are the margins that we're working with at the moment I think we're in a position where if any of those forward players the penny really drops then we'll be very hard to stop Hmm. I mean it'll be interesting to see how we deal with this same situation next Sunday when Everton come to visit you know they got rather easily outclassed by Spurs today at Goodison Park and you know it'll be Rooney's homecoming in a rather inauspicious circumstances given what he's been up to over the last couple of weeks so I'm not sure it's going to be uh, particularly... What's the best way of describing this? It's most likely going to be a tricky game. You know, I don't think Ronald Koeman will set Everton up to gainfully lose. I'm sure it's going to be a a tricky afternoon's work for United. 
But it, it could be very, very similar today. You know, Everton have got players that could hurt us, and Rooney is arguably going to be fired up to do well against us. You know, he was always up for a fight whenever United played Everton after the move. I can't imagine that's going to change at any point soon. I would expect something similar to what we saw today against Everton, and United should be able to handle that better this time. You know, I think Herrera coming back into the team, I understand the thinking behind it from Mourinho's perspective. I'm not necessarily sure it really worked. I'm not necessarily sure we needed to go 4-3-3. I think perhaps we could have done better, because arguably our greatest strength is attacking, going a little bit more offensive, going for our 4-2-3-1, which we did go for eventually. Yeah. You know, Mata came on towards the end of the game, and we did look better going forward, and we started to be a bit more careful with our attack, a bit more considered and a bit more in- incisive, which is good to see. You know, it's always nice to see Mata have that effect on United, especially when you know, he had missed the previous 70 minutes. And again, Martial had a nice little cameo. Some lovely touches, good delivery, played well out on the left. And I think that is going to be, you know, as we've noted before, that's going to be a nice chop and change between him and Rashford because they both very, very talented forwards. They both do a really good job. They both played very, very well when they've come on this season. Rashford perhaps a little bit lucky to get his equalising goal considering that it came off Pogba's initial header in the first half, uh, considering you absolutely nothing about it, but that's always nice for him to get another goal. Pogba had a bit of a rough game, really, didn't he? You know, I think... I think partially because the space wasn't necessarily there for him to enjoy the same sort of freedom that he's had for the first couple of weeks of the season. But again, I don't necessarily think there's too much to be concerned about. You know, a draw is by no means a terrible result. And if you think about the way that Arsenal just got, not necessarily walked all over, but Stoke just overpowered them and were able to beat them without too much of a problem. And Arsenal just didn't have too much in terms of a retort. I think the fact that United are able to battle that game, as you mentioned there, in a stadium that not too many teams are going to get victories at. Because Stoke are going to be difficult to beat this season. So, you know, disappointing to have drawn, but again, not too much to worry about, for sure. Yeah, I think, again, we spoke after the the Leicester game about the issues that we saw in that game. And I think the same applied today. We're still struggling for output from the wings in terms of crossing, in terms of getting into crossing positions. Getting into crossing positions isn't such a problem on the right with Valencia, but his crossing is the pro- is a problem. And on the left, we we really had an issue today because, as we say, apart from that one sort of burst forward, Darmin just cannot get forward from that side and he certainly can't deliver crosses with his left foot. I don't think that's a limitation on his side, though. I think no, that's no. kind of a self-imposed limitation on the system, which just doesn't work because Darmian can actually get forward when he wants to. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't criticising Darmian per se. I mean, he's a right back playing mm. a left back, but we saw in the Leicester game with with Blint Payne playing there that whilst he's left-footed, he's he can be very exposed and he's not necessarily great in terms of delivery either. And I think that was the the purpose of changing it was particularly because if, if Blint had played there, he'd been coming up against Duve who's an incredibly fast player. The way that he's been undone by, by quick players before you know, could have been quite quite nasty, but the payoff with that was that we lost any sort of offensive offering that, that we could have had on that side. Now, obviously, there's nothing we can do about that in the transfer market. So, you know, we have to cross our fingers, I think, and hope that Luke Shaw continues to recover and f- comes back in and finds something approaching his, his best form because we desperately need him. I mean, we saw... We saw in the City Liverpool game today the danger that that can come from a, a, a left back who sort of marauds forward and backwards in Mendy. You know the shades of 
ever in many, you know, everyone was never the greatest defender, but he was such a, a danger going forward that he often mm. occupied the left-hand side of opposition's team. And that was really almost a, a defensive weapon for us as well as an attacking one. And then obviously on the right-hand side as well, Rashford played there at times and Mickey Tyron was there, but neither really convinces on that side. And so we, we tend to lack quality creativity from that side. So we are, we were, in a degree limited today by what we could create through the middle and over the top, which actually worked quite well. You know, we did actually create quite a lot in that game, so we shouldn't necessarily be too down on that. But those are areas we need to look at. If we want to be the whole unit, the full package, then if we can find a way to improve those areas somehow, the output from those areas, then I think we'll be a much, much harder team to compete against in the way that Stoke did today. I guess speaking about the left in particular, in terms of that left-back role, it's going to be so key for sure to prove to Mourinho that he can defend as well as attack. Because, I don't know, maybe, is it a trust issue? Is it just not thinking that Darmian and Blind are actually capable and at the fitness levels to bomb on in the way that Valencia does to help with the attack, but also get back and defend? If he has a player like Shaw, who clearly has the speed and the strength and perhaps the stamina to actually do that, then perhaps he'll get that trust. Right, that's the end of our Stoke coverage. Let's uh, skip ahead to Tuesday night and see United got on against Basel. Rich, what have you learned in the last three days that you'd like to communicate to your past self? Well, well, I, I've learned that, that Maron Fellaini has skills beyond anything we possibly imagined he could have. Man is a goddamn baller. He, well, he, he is apparently a baller. Whether it lasts, we'll see. But, but he came out tonight and he balled. He balled all over the pitch, didn't he? He did. It was remarkable. I mean, yeah. here we are. Tuesday night, we've just watched United uh, stroll to a relatively comfortable 3-0 victory over Basel. And apart from a couple of issues here and there, it was a pretty positive night. But I guess we kind of need to talk about the biggest negative uh, from the evening, which was an injury to captain for the evening, Paul Pogba. Yeah, I think um, 638 million hearts broke when he hobbled off, because that's obviously how many fans we've got, really. Of course, yes. More seriously, we even taking into account Fellaini's performance after he came on for him, I think we all knew that, we all know there's an enormous creative deficit between Pogba and what, what comes after Pogba. We've allowed Andreas Pereira to go to Valencia. Sounds like, from what Mourinho was saying this week, that Pereira's essentially taking that decision, not him, and he's not entirely chuffed with it. And you, you can kind of see why, because that's the kind of game where he probably brought, to be fair, he probably brought Fellaini on anyway, but but we're left with a midfield which doesn't have anything like as much dynamism and just just class and vision, really. So we need to be crossing our fingers and hoping that it was just the teeny tiniest of hamstring nicks, and they'll be back in be back in in, a, in the blink of an eye. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it, you do have to give Fellaini credit for the way he came on and subsequently didn't cause United any real problems and get the flow of our attack going well. You know, uh, open the scoring, which we'll come to in a little while. But I thought he did a really great job tonight, as we've already said. Um, you know, noticeably no Herrera in the squad tonight. So you'd expect him to come into the team for Sunday's game against Everton if Pogba is out for any significant amount of time. So it's not like we yeah. don't have options and ways in which we can play to compensate for his loss. But it is going to be a big, big problem if he's out for a significant amount of time. You know, we'll see how long that stretches for and how significant that's going to be because you've still got five games left this month, yeah. despite the fact that we're almost halfway through the month of September. 
So we'll see how that plays out. For the most part, though, I thought United, with and without Pogba, managed that game pretty well. You know, it's an awkward fixture. We've struggled against Basel on several occasions, you know, over the years. So having, I think the last time we played them at Old Trafford was that nightmare of a 3-3 game uh, in the season before uh, Sir Alex Ferguson retired. So it it was good to see us take that game seriously. Despite the odd defensive lapse, we did seem to cope quite well and we attacked well. And yeah, a really solid return to the Champions League. I mean, to be honest, all that I've been thinking about today is just the excitement about actually being back in the competition, hearing that annoyingly iconic anthem. Mm. And it's just been so nice to see United back in the competition, isn't it? You know, I guess there's, there's this sense that you know we are enjoying it a little bit more and appreciating it a little bit more because we have missed out on it on several occasions over the last few years so it definitely felt good to be back didn't it yeah it's, I, don't, I don't know about you but the Europa League games last year just felt like it just felt like an opportunity to see other players play or you know a, a kind of interruption to our Premier League season at least in the in the group stages I, I can't say I really got stirred my juices seeing as start against Zoya Luhansk whereas as much as people kind of take the piss out of, on, on social media of, of people talking about the, the theme tune and stuff it does you know we, we, I think we've both been to been to a few Champions League plenty of Champions League games and between mm-hmm. us and you know it is really cool when you're there and you, you know you hear that music and you you realize that you're at the top table and this is what it's really all about it's a step on the road back under Mourinho you know we, we need to go from a club you know we were in the Europa League because I think our squad was particularly weak and we just that's where we'd fallen to that was our natural position given where you know, the squad we have and the, the place we're in. And Mourinho, is, you know, you can sort of see see the serious development of the side now um, and the way that the squad is clearly being strengthened. And, you know, this is our first step. I think our first step is to get back into the Champions League, get through the group and, you know, if we can, negotiate a couple of rounds. And I think if we got to a quarterfinal this year, everybody would be reasonably happy with that as something to build on for next year. You know, in that perspective, it was important to get a win today. And I don't think this Basel team is a patch on the side that we struggled against before, even though we shouldn't really have struggled against them then. But, but you know, it's, it was, it's important to get off to a, a good start. And it's just a tricky psychological hurdle just to get past that first opponent. And, you know, you, you talked about how, how, you know, it was a generally pretty strong performance, but there were times when we didn't we didn't feel 100% in control. It was one of those games where you... You know, the second goal went in and we needed that second goal and at that point we could relax because before that there was always that you could see the glimmer of a chance or a glimmer of a mistake that, that could lead to an equaliser so you know 23 nil at the end I think you should be pretty pleased yeah I mean I think the funny thing about that game was in particular for the first sort of 20 minutes half an hour is that Basel were simply happy to sit back absorb some pressure I think they attacked with any real sort of purpose once in that entire period uh, there was that one chance that uh, I think it was Elianusi got where he had a head downwards between Fellaini and Matic. For some reason, Ashley Young yeah. got booked despite having studs scraped down his ankle. I'm still not quite sure I understand that one. But Basel didn't really start playing until Fellaini scored. So, and I think when they started probing a little bit more, they realised they could get success in some areas. You know, because Chris Smalling did not have a good game at all. You know, I thought. There's a, fu- there's a first. Solid enough. <laughs> uh, all right, fair enough. I mean, I'm not going to run any points for originality on that particular sentiment, but still, it deserves saying. Yeah, yeah. He did not play well. You know, he looked every inch of play. He was low on form, uh, low on a bit of confidence, and struggling to reassert himself at United. And, you know, I'm still not sure it's ever really going to happen again at this stage. But, you know, I mean, thankfully, uh, there were plenty of players around him in that defence that did play well. You know, Ashley Young, I thought, was excellent. You know, I thought he played a great game. And, 
you know, initially it seemed like that was purely to take Valencia out of the firing line, considering he just came back from uh, international duty last week and then plumped straight into the side for the uh, Saturday night kickoff at Stoke. But no, I thought he was great. Ashley Young played particularly well. And, you know, we'll come on to Mkhitaryan in a minute. Uh, lovely Skulls S passed out to Young on the on the wing to set the chance up. And then a little shimmy inside, carved a little bit of space. Delicious cross. And there's Fellaini once again to apply the finishing touch yep. with that really endearing <laughs> celebration he's got where he just drags his thumb across the wo- the number on his back and the name on his back and then gives a nice big fist pump. I'm really starting to dig that now, Rich. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. We, that's the best cross we've seen all season, isn't it? By a mile. Oh, and, and we see we must be in we must be in triple figures of crosses or attempted crosses I mean, now in our first six games or something. And did wretchedly bad, which which is why it's so surprising that we scored twice from crosses in in a single game. Two times. Yeah. It's like it's like um, I said on Twitter. It's it's kind of like when we scored that first goal from a corner this season, and and you kind of look around and think, what was that? I, you know, I didn't understand. Don't understand that this was possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was an absolutely beautiful cross for the headed goal. I mean, Fellaini could have missed, but he he couldn't have missed if you know what I mean. It, it, once he got his head on it, it was it was going in. And I think we needed that goal at that point because we created quite a few really decent opportunities and decent chances and they hadn't come off. And I think so far this season, the difference with last season is that when that frustration built last season and it really got to us, whereas whereas this year we seem to remain calm, keep probing away and then you know, have more confidence that the, the goal will actually come. But, you know, that was a really important goal. I think if they got to half-time at nil-nil, then might have started to get a bit more nervy. But once we got a goal ahead that you felt that there were, there were definitely two or three more in it if we could push on. Yeah, and arguably that that goal should have come a little bit earlier on anyway. You know, one element yeah. that was particularly pleasing to watch. You know, we were talking about comparing Lukaku with Ruvan Nistelrooy in the first half of the episode. and But he actually did get a lot more involved in the build-up. I don't know whether or not I was just missing that on Saturday, but it was definitely noticeable tonight. Yeah, yeah, there was a great, great low cross towards Mkhitaryan. And Mkhitaryan had two excellent chances essentially served up for him. And he should have put both away, really. Had a bit of a mixed game, Mkhitaryan. You know, he missed those two chances. At least one time, very, very guilty of not setting Anthony Martial free on the left when he was in acres of space. And then gave away the ball so poorly in the middle of the pitch when there was no pressure on him. And we almost very, very nearly conceded, you know. Not great from anyone involved there. Uh, Victor Lindelof sliding in, almost taking out Alianusi, who uh, stumbled a little bit and slid on the very, very wet Old Trafford turf. And then De Gea there to apply the save from close range. But yeah, a couple of warning signs there, a little bit of complacency creeping in. But then Mkhitaryan was also spraying passes about the pitch with Paul Skulls-esque magic. And it was just at times beautiful to watch. But then there's those couple of moments where you just thought, oh gosh, you could have done that better. But he really did help unlock the defence tonight, didn't he? Yeah, it could be really frustrating at times because he's, you know, he's clearly a, a player with a lot of technical ability, a lot of skill and, and some really good acceleration. But so often he, he seems to you know beat the first man and maybe even beat the second man and then just rather than pass the ball, just run into the third. Um there was quite a lot of that tonight and not seeing I think there was there was one opportunity particularly when he's breaking through the middle and I'm not sure who it was to his left but if he just just take it past it left you know to have a free run on goal and he just ran into the ran into the defender as he does quite a lot but I mean the thing is he's had six assists this season and I don't think he's had one exceptional game but in central areas his creativity is so so good that you know he's managing to get one really good pass or one or two really good passes off the game um 
And I think Basel actually planned for that today. You could see that when he when he was running at them in central areas, two, three, four defenders just bear down on him from all sides and, and, and kind of snuff him out. But as you say, I mean, he, you know, he he did put in a, a real shift, and and sometimes some of his flicks and um, and passes were really really high class. I mean, not just him in the first half particularly. A lot of United's approach work was really really high class. Oh yeah, I mean, the setup for that first chance, that header that Mkhitaryan had, where Martial chipped it over to yeah. Mata. That beautiful reverse cross with his left foot for Mata to set up Mkhitaryan, that was exquisite. It was just the finishing, really, or the final shot, or just making the space to put the ball away, which we saw quite a lot of last season. But but as I said before, we seem to have a more patience about us now, and you know the goal came in the end. It did, and that second goal did come in the end from a corner routine, blinned mm-hmm. with the... Uh, Second time cross and Lukaku, even between two defenders, one of which was giving him very direct attention, powered home the second one. And my God, did he look like he enjoyed that. The beam all over across that man's face was absolutely glorious. Mm. You were talking about his kind of work off the ball and his link work at, you know, a few minutes ago. And that was also pretty exceptional tonight. I mean, I know we talked so much about it last season, Ibrahimovic coming deep and slowing everything down. But but he makes so many lateral runs in behind defenders that there was a number of times where we, we could just play a ball through the centre-backs and he's made a diagonal run across and just you know takes it in behind defenders. It just means that the whole the opposition defence have to play deeper all the time and give so much more space to everybody else. And, you know, considering that his hold-up play and, you know, his work in and around the box was, was something that people criticised a lot last season before he came, I think... Tonight, he showed he can really link play up and he can really hold the ball up and he's quite a multifunctional player. Mm, absolutely. I mean, again, I don't want to sound like this is something of a revelatory discovery in the sense that maybe this has been happening for a while and we've just not noticed, but it was just very, very, very clear this evening. Uh, but, I mean, again, you know, I thought Lukaku had a, a very decent evening, but I don't think you can move much more beyond Marouane Fellaini for Man of the Night. You know, he was... No. Everything he did was so well done and fluid you know there were ch- there were times when the man you matched you again had a really good game and after Pogba went off actually did a very good job of sort of just calming things down seemingly and keeping some continuity mm-hmm. and using the ball very well gave the ball away in the middle of the part towards the end of the game and it's for Marouane Fellaini who is not known for his pace at all <laughs> chasing the ball down and then winning it back for us lovely little tricks and flicks set Anthony Martial up for a cross with a wonderful turn in the penalty area no less he was great to watch. And I don't think I've ever said that sentence in my life, which is remarkable to me. I, I, I was adoring it. I was there for it, Rich. It was beautiful t- to watch. The, uh, the people who made Football Manager and were doing the United players had only watched that game. I think they probably put Fellaini down as a flamboyant box-to-box midfielder, wouldn't they? Barcelona should be coming calling, surely. And they should indeed. But you're right. I mean, he was everywhere, wasn't he, really? He, you know, he was doing the dirty work and he was putting off some decent moves as well. There's only really one more player left to mention who had a really massive impact on our side of the equation, which was uh, the man who has now scored on, let me get his tweet up, just so I, just for dramatic effect, Premier League, Europa League, FA Cup, League Cup, England Under 21 and England debut, and as of this evening, his UEFA Champions League debut, which, I mean, it had to happen, didn't it? Let's be quite honest, it felt fated. And lo and behold, it did. How deadly are Martial and Rashford being this season? It's great to see even though they're in they're coming on as substitutes later on in the game often and that is when they have their biggest impact and they're still playing well for the 60 70 minutes that they play on the pitch but they're being so ruthless in front of goal so far this season that's a really encouraging aspect of their development yeah i i i don't know whether they they'd be happy to 
play that those those roles forever. But for now, we we're in an incredible position where we have two, not carbon copy, but two very very similarly talented players competing for the same position, and that late sort of last twenty twenty five minute switch, bringing on the you know a very fast tricky player against a tiring defence, just seems to work again and again and again. You know, from the moment Rashford came on, you could see that he was. Um, you know, it's going to cause the right back a lot of trouble. And, you know, by Basel and Akabai, then they've been chasing the ball for, for 70 minutes, really. We'd had, I think, high 60s possession to that point. And so he was the absolutely perfect substitute. And as you say, he's clearly Johnny on the spot, isn't he, on, on, on these debuts. Um, and it was a, a very decent, I mean, it's a pretty presentable chance, but a decent finish and um, finished the game off nicely, really. Yeah, it did. I mean, it put an extra bit of gloss on the scoreline that I'm not necessarily sure we were completely warranting. I think 2-0 probably would have been a bit more appropriate considering that Basel did actually, you know, they, they played their part in the game tonight. But I think it spoke volumes of how well United actually dealt with the game, how lethal they are in front of goal at the minute, and how they continue to create. You know, that front four initially when it was announced, Mkhitaryan, Mata, Martial and Lukaku, you know, if you take Martial and swap it out with Rashford, you've still got a front four that is a very creative, versatile and fluid attacking unit. And they are scoring goals and making chances. And so far, it's great to see. And, you know, long may it continue. But yeah, as you mentioned there, it's just it, it was important considering how tricky United have fared in European competitions over the last sort of four or five years to to get a good win this evening. And that's what we got. You know, I think it was Simon Stone who pointed out on Twitter this evening that that was the best start that United have made to a Champions League group stage since Panathinaikos 5-0 in 2003. And considering that we're going off to uh, CSK Moscow in a couple of weeks, and I don't know whether or not this is just my lack of knowledge on European football coming into show, but they got a rather impressive 2-1 win over Benfica this evening in Portugal. That's looking like it's going to be a tricky fixture. So to have gotten a win this evening on a game that could have been a little bit trickier and have done it well without conceding a goal and scoring three very useful goals and you know even more wonderful confidence boosting for our wonderful number nine. I don't, apart from the injury to Pogba, I don't think there's... I can be happier. You know, it was a great, great night and a thoroughly enjoyable win. And it sets us up quite nicely for Sunday afternoon against Everton. You know, they've got a tricky... Uh, proposition to a certain extent i guess you could look at it one way and say that everton have uh, two days uh, more to recover from playing spurs on saturday but they have two days less to prepare for coming to old trafford and they'll be off to atlanta in the europa league on thursday and my god i'm so glad to say that manchester united aren't in the europa league this season rich it's glorious can we keep doing it forever it is glorious i'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to watching arsenal with uh, a wry grin on my face on on thursday I mean, how do you reckon Everton's going to go? Do you reckon the Europa League is going to actually cause too much of a problem for this fixture? I guess it's still on the season. It's difficult. I, I mean, I've watched Everton four times now this season, I think, and there are problems with that team. There's very little pace in it, and, and I think that's the principal reason they've struggled. Calvert-Lewin's the only player with, with a, lot, a decent pace and trickery they've got on the wing, and uh, he didn't play, he didn't start against Spurs, and and they were just so one-paced and they just didn't have any idea. They, they seemed to be trying to play on the break, but they didn't have the players to play on the break with. You know, they've lost Lukaku and obviously only really replaced him with, with Rooney and Sandro. They, they seem not to really know what to do with at the moment. They haven't got the goals they've had before and I, I don't think they're as dangerous as they've been in the last two or three years. And if United play to their potential, you really should be winning that game. But I do think Pogba, despite Fellaini's pretty fantastical performance tonight 
I do think Pogba will be a serious miss for the next two or three weeks. Mourinho has already confirmed tonight after the match that Pogba will not play on Sunday. No. So it may just be a case of scabbing some results for a few weeks because the drop-off after Pogba in, in that creative role is absolutely enormous. But Mourinho, mm. see, in his fairness, Mourinho seems to be very good at making the best of the Fellaini alternative. So, you know, I'm still pretty optimistic for the weekend. I think if we perform as we can, then I'd, I'd expect us to be at Everton in Everton in pretty wretched form. So, and As you say, they'll have had three days having come back from Italy, so we should be far fresher than them as well. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, it kind of depends how Mourinho sort of wants to approach the midfield. You know, I, you would expect Matic to start and then you're sort of thinking, well, do you go for that 4-2-3-1 that we've employed most of the season? But then do you put Herrera alongside Matic and just try and see if you can push him along and get a bit more drive from the central midfield? Or would you go 4-3-3 and go a little bit more defensive? That's obviously up to Mourinho to decide. And I think Herrera not playing today, you know, you'd expect him to have some involvement. And you know, I would bet on him to start against Everton. I think it seems like a game made for him. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's all predicated on how long we're going to be missing Pog before now. That's a, that's a big, big miss. And hopefully it won't be a long one, obviously, because as mentioned, we've got a lot of games coming up and we could do with him back. But yeah, apart from that, a really good way to uh, start the Champions League campaign, Rich. So we'll, uh, we'll leave it on that for the evening. Guys, thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure. Don't forget, you can get us all over Twitter. You can get uh, Red Voices at, at Red Voices MUFC. You can get me at, at Ewan Lennox. You can get Rich at, at RichardCan76. You can also get a blog at www.redvoices.net. Have yourselves a cracking week. We will most likely be back after Everton. Cheerio. Cheerio.